Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of the Introvert Theater Podcast. This is Sergio, and today we'll be talking about the 1993 film What's Eating Gilbert Grape, starring Johnny Depp, Leonardo DiCaprio, Juliette Lewis, Darlene Cates, and Mary Steenburgen. It is directed by Lasse Holstrom, um, whose name I'm pretty sure I butchered, and it's based on the novel of the same name by Peter Hedges. So this film holds a special place in my cinematic heart because it's one of the most relatable for a few reasons, and I think it's just a very well put together film that has a lot of heart, and I love how honest it is in its visual style and its uh, language. For me, it was one of those films that came along at the right time and spoke to me on an emotional level that, in some case, directly reflected, I guess in some cases, directly reflected in how I felt at the time. So it's set in a small town of Endora, Iowa. Johnny Depp plays Gilbert Grape, who is a 20-something-year-old who is in the, uh, who in the opening few minutes states that describing Endora is like dancing to no music. So if that's any indicator, you know, I, I don't know what else is. His younger brother, Arnie, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, is about to turn 18 and suffers from a mental disability that isn't really specifically named, but Gilbert's opening dialogue suggests that his brother is lucky to have made it to, to the age of 18. They actually didn't expect him to last past the age of 10. Uh, they both, in the opening, sit by the roadside for an annual tradition where they kind of watch all these tourists and campers pass by in their RVs as Arnie chases them down the road screaming. Uh, Gilbert works for a local grocery store that has lost most of its clientele to Foodland, which is the Walmart equivalent in the film. He lives at home with his mother, played by Darlene Cates, whom he lovingly refers to as Mama, who is morbidly obese and has not left the house or the front room since her husband's suicide. His two sisters, Amy and Ellen, also help around the house. Uh, Amy is more of a motherly figure and the older of the two, while Alan has just had her braces removed, and is the more self-involved of the two. They all get along well enough, but Gilbert's role is to watch over Arnie. As if that's not enough, he frequently makes deliveries to a local woman named Betty Carver, played by Mary Steenburgen, who is married and whom he is having an affair with. She's at least 20 years his senior, and her extramarital activities are done in plain sight, in the confines of her own home. <laughs> she actually sends she actually sends her children out to play while Gilbert drops off groceries most times and they make love. Her husband, Mr. Carver, is suspicious, and it's assumed that he knows full well what's going on. He just needs solid, concrete evidence, which he tries to scare out of Gilbert by inviting him to his office in town where he, quote-unquote, wants to offer him insurance. Right. This is made glaringly obvious when Gilbert and Betty pass ice cream back and forth between their tongues, and Gilbert nervously stops in his tracks and adjusts his clothes and leaves her house when he sees Mr. Carver jumping on the kid's trampoline in front of the house, undoubtedly at that point, peering through the window. Mr. Carver watches as Gilbert leaves with ice cream running down the side of his mouth, and this is about as exciting as life gets for Gilbert. That is until Becky 
comes into his life. Now, Becky is played by Juliette Lewis, and she's actually one of the tourists passing through Endora that I had mentioned earlier. She is traveling with her grandmother, and their RV just happens to break down, leaving them stranded in Endora until her grandmother can uh, get a replacement part for their vehicle. She stands out in the small, sleepy town of Endora. She has pasty white skin, short jet black hair, and a unique style that's kind of all her own. We learn that she travels frequently and often as her parents are divorced, so a lot of her time is spent going back and forth from parent to parent across the U.S. The town is small enough that she and Gilbert catch glances eventually while he's eating at a diner with two of his best friends and, to be honest, are probably his only friends, really. She visits the store Gilbert works at and has him deliver groceries to where she and her grandmother have set up camp. He crams her groceries into his trunk, or into his truck, rather, and Arnie is sitting between them, and he just kind of looks over at her and casually says that he could go at any time, and that he's having his birthday party soon, and that she's not invited. Gilbert is embarrassed by this, but she laughs and says that it's okay, and he, you know that he's just being honest. To see her interaction with Arnie and um, the way she responded kind of reassures him that there's no reason to be embarrassed of of Arnie, and um, it's it's reassuring because it's, it's a comfort that he's never gotten from anyone else that he's been with. You can tell it's um, a weight off his shoulders, and this is what sparks an interest in one another and in an eventual relationship during her time there. Arnie, on the other hand, is somewhat of a handful, through no fault of his own, mind you. His actions are sporadic, and he has no filter whatsoever. In fact, he sometimes finds himself climbing down the town's, or climbing up the town's water tower repeatedly. He tests his luck one too many times and is apprehended by the police after having it after having let it slide, you know, one time too many, and despite Gilbert's plea to let it go. This causes Gilbert's mother to get up, get in the family car with all her kids, and head down to the police station and demand that they release him, which they eventually do. This is a pivotal scene, because as she leaves the station, there is a crowd gathered around, just kind of laughing, snickering, whispering, and even taking a photo of her. The crowd can't believe her girth, and most have only heard rumors as to how large she actually was. She crams back into the family car and is naturally hurt by the stares and being the subject of ridicule, even if it's under people's breaths. But she, in this moment, is just happy to have her sunshine back home. All that aside, Arnie is sweet, and if you're patient, easy to get along with, despite his shortcomings. Eventually, at some point in the film, Mr. Carver is found dead, lying face-first in a kiddie pool in front of his home. This, by coincidence or not, <clears throat> happens after Mrs. Carver sees Gilbert and Becky on their first date at a local ice cream parlor, which leads to a nasty breakup in front of Mr. Carver, as he keeps himself busy tending to the kitchen <laughs> and lets smoke out after Mrs. Carter has burned cookies in the stove and let them sit for longer than they should. Gilbert drives away as she approaches his truck, and she basically tells him that she could have had any guy in town, but she chose him. 
Now, Gilbert driving away is something that he had to do, especially after he had begun to find some commonality in Becky. Mrs. Carver eventually leaves town with the kids and bows out of the affair as gracefully as she can, declaring Becky the winner to her face. One of Gilbert's daily responsibilities is making sure his brother is watched over and bathed. One night, he leaves Becky in a grassy field overlooking the sun setting and promises to come back to her after he quote-unquote takes care of something. He rushes home and rushes Arnie up to the bath, and he begins to clean him up. In a hurry to get back to Becky, he leaves Arnie with the responsibility of finishing up the bath himself, seeing as, seeing as how he's um, so grown up, is what he says. Arnie agrees and to take it from there, and Gilbert rushes back to Becky, who is still sitting in the grassy field by a bale of hay. As dusk settles, he drives Becky back <clears throat> to her RV after a night of talking openly about family and just kind of feeling each other out. Gilbert wakes the next morning to find Arnie is still in the bathtub. He's freezing and, you know, he quickly dries him off. A sudden wave of guilt rushes over him as he's chastised by his family. So this is a constant struggle for him as he can never seem to find enough free time or balance his free time because of his duty to Arnie and his family and work. Eventually this all builds to Gilbert slapping Arnie several times out of Arnie's refusal to go to bed. Gilbert is taken aback by his actions and hops into his truck and intends to leave town. Arnie is also confused by his actions and runs away. His sisters take the family car around town and, in search of Arnie and Gilbert, stops just as he's about to cross over into the next city. He turns around and naturally just kind of heads to Becky for guidance. As he approaches Becky's RV, he notices Becky is there with Arnie, and she's escorting him to the Grapes family vehicle. The Grape sisters thank her and take Arnie back home. Becky sees Gilbert in the distance, and they spend the night talking about what had just happened. They fall asleep next to a fire that they've set, and wake up the next morning, which is which happens to be Arnie's birthday. Gilbert speeds home, he reconciles with Arnie and his family, and to his surprise, he sees the RV pull up to the party. Obviously, the replacement part has been installed, and Becky and her grandma are ready to leave. They leave a gift with Arnie, and Gilbert offers to introduce his mother to Becky, with um, which is something that he neglected to do out of embarrassment during one of their dates. Now, Gilbert's mother has been watching the birthday party from a window this entire time while everyone's outside. Gilbert asks his mom if she'll meet someone, and she refuses initially and understandably, and finally agrees as Gilbert assures her his intention is not to hurt her. And this is my favorite part of the whole film, because Becky walks into the room, and both she and Gilbert's mother stare at one another. There's a brief moment of silence, and Mrs. Grape says, I haven't always been like this. And Becky just takes a moment to herself, and she replies, Well, I haven't always been like this. Which makes um, Gilbert's mother laugh and smile. And Becky and her grandma eventually leave Endora shortly after. Gilbert's mom actually walks up the stairs to the second floor, which is something she hasn't done in ages. 
and to her room where she lays in bed. Now, she actually ends up dying during her sleep, and Gilbert and his um, remaining family decide to burn the house down to save her and his family's dignity, because they were talking about needing to get a crane just to remove his mother from the house. And then from there, they all kind of go their own separate ways. The final scene is set a year later, and we find that Amy now manages a bakery. Alan is going to be switching schools. And we see Gilbert and Arnie, where they were in the beginning of the film. They're basically sitting roadside, waiting for the um, annual flock of passengers, or flock of uh, tourists, rather, to pass through town. The only difference is this time, Becky and her grandmother pass through again, but they stop. And they pick up both Arnie and Gilbert, and the film ends with the shot of them inside the car and uh, Becky climbing over the seat and into Gilbert's lap. So it, it sounds like a simple enough premise, right? It is, and in many ways it's more complex than most films with its modest budget. I think Johnny Depp plays his role well and gives the impression of someone with the weight of the world on his shoulders, but who would never go out of his way to explain why, due to his quiet and reserved nature. This plays well against DiCaprio's portrayal of Arnie, who is just so all over the place and unpredictable. He was actually nominated for both a Golden Globe and an Oscar, but did not win either that year, unfortunately. It's actually one of his finest performances, I think, and is really the glue that holds this whole thing together. I don't know how personal I want to get, but I found that I related to Gilbert in that there was a time when I felt that weight of um, keeping familiar, familial relationships connected and being my brother's keeper, so to speak. Now, my brother grew up with uh, a form of autism, so I took it upon myself for many years to kind of watch over him, him and kind of steer him in the, the right direction. I never thought of it as a burden, but I can understand how it can weigh heavily at times. Thankfully, I have friends that have been accepting of him, and it's um, made it easier over the years. Now, Becky is, for me, a combination of a lot of people. Close friends and girlfriends I've had over the years. She's the, I guess you can say, fictional embodiment of actual comfort that I've felt. The, the closeness and the, the bonds formed with these women and her presence, even as a fictitious character, makes me smile because she is as warm-hearted and accepting as the people that have come into my life and that have gone. I love that this movie has not one mean-spirited bone in it. Every character's arc uh, comes full circle, and at some point, everyone just kind of grows in, in some way because of the events that transpire in the movie. If you want to experience a movie that exemplifies the feeling of reading a really good book, I would say this is a prime example. The dialogue lends itself really well, especially considering Peter Hedges wrote the screenplay. Gilbert's dialogue, his, um, his narrative, are what really set the story in motion, because while DiCaprio is the highlight, it helps establish that we are experiencing things through Gilbert's eyes, and everyone is on a neutral playing field. Sure, everyone has their flaws, I mean, who doesn't? But 
he never sees himself as above anyone else. Endor itself is described as a place where its inhabitants sort of go... They, they sort of go on about life in a simplistic manner, I guess we can say. And there's absolutely, no, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. Gilbert, however, has clearly outgrown his roots and finds his escape through, uh, through a mutual respect and understanding with Becky. She's so vital to him not, you know, cementing himself or Arnie in one spot. She allows them to grow and ends up accepting them both. I think reciprocation has been a theme in all the movies I've discussed so far, in one form or another. But I think this movie in particular says... I think this movie in particular says it in its most simplest terms and um, in a way that can speak to just about anyone. With that, I think this is a good place to stop. Uh, next week will be the 10th episode, so I won't be talking about a specific film, but I do want to address the podcast, the future of it, and a necessary schedule change. That said, um, next week will be another Let's Talk episode. So until next week, thanks again for listening, and take care.